it's recording. Yeah. <laughs> Should we take a stab at this? Do you have yeah. energy left? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, in that case, I'm already recording, so we might as well pick up from where we left off. Okay, where, where did we leave off? So here is what we were saying. Yeah, okay. We had begun the conversation by saying... Do all fourth wave, like, should we be doing anything to encourage fourth wave feminists to vote for Hillary Clinton? Right. Um, in the U.S., you know, those who can, et cetera, et cetera. And we found ourselves saying no, because we don't want to tell people what to do. Well, yes, we don't want to tell people what to do. I think there's nothing wrong with... Um, with us as individuals saying, hey, I'm voting for Hillary Clinton. This is why. Um, but but not wanting to make the blanket statement like every good feminist must vote for Hillary Clinton. Okay. So, yes. Yes, that yes. sounds so You can correct. have an opinion. You can have an individual. You can think that, like, she's the aspirational choice, that the, uh, that the symbolic weight of having a female president is something that's really important to do. Um, kind of even, you know, above any kind of any individual candidate pluses and minuses. I think the point of uh, the case could be made for all of those things. Right. So I then was left with this question of saying, if we're not, well, so one of the questions that was on my mind as we wrapped up the end of our last discussion is this. Is the fourth wave about collective action? I, oh, that's a good question. Is the fourth wave about collective action? I think yes. Yes, I think yes. The fourth wave is about collective action. I think so, too. The, the sort of quandary and the trick is, like, who determines what the action is? How do we come to consensus about what we're doing? Okay, I get that. So, yeah. I, so, okay, tell, I'm going to start saying things, and you tell me if you agree with them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you just start saying words. And you just stop me when I'm off the rails. Mm-hmm. Statement one. Collective action is valuable for social change. Agree. Feminism is about collective action. Uh, ag- agree with the corollary. It's not only about collective action. I think it's also, you know, and... It's an idea. It's a philosophy. It's a, it's a way of thinking. It's something that you do, you know, in <laughs> gesturing to myself. <laughs> so it's not only collective action. It's also an identity. Aha. Interesting. Like I identify as a feminist, and that means certain things to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely could see how someone would say, like, it's a worldview or it's a value you know, mm-hmm. like, I feel like, yeah, it's a value that people, we want everyone treated 
equitably. Yes, and I think the value that includes an understanding of the importance of collective action. Okay, so, okay, back to my list of statements. Yeah. Um, The fourth wave is interested in collective action. Uh, Yes. In promoting collective action, valuable collective action. Yes. And contributing to collective action that other people have promoted. Yes. We're we're ready to jump on board with good ideas, even if we yes. didn't come up with them. <laughs> yes. Those are the best kind of good ideas. <laughs> Those are my favorite ideas. Um, okay. Next statement. Mm-hmm. Voting for a, a shared representative is an opportunity for collective action. Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, organizing people to vote, to get out the word. Yeah, I suppose that is a collective action. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, voting is an individual action. Oh, right, but, like... Getting out the vote, getting people educated and informed, that is, yes, a collective action. All right. Um, The fourth wave should promote collective action regarding voting for a representative. Uh, Voting for a specific representative? Or you're you're saying, like... Can I can I envision a circumstance in which the fourth wave would promote a specific candidate? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I, I can. That was an awesome series of noises. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I think part part of it is I get hung up on this whole party thing, and how you know by advocating a specific candidate, you're sort of declaring yourself a Democrat or Republican. Do you know what I mean? You're sort of affiliating yourself with a political party. And, you know, as a movement. But I think, you know, a a movement can say, this person is going to be good for us. This person is going to be good. This person's goals are in line with our goals. This person is going to help. Okay. I mean, I take it then that you would have no problem mobilizing or encouraging collective action regarding, like, a specific issue. Right, Um, yes. So if it was an issue, that's no big deal. Yeah. Okay, no hesitation. But when it's a candidate, that's when it starts to feel a little like, well, I don't want to, yeah. Like that's, then there's some hesitation. Yeah, I mean, partly because of, well, I mean, there's this whole idea of like the one issue voter, right? Which I mean, Maybe that doesn't even exist, but, you know, the, um, 
the, you know, the issue that's like the make or break thing, like abortion, like healthcare, like same sex marriage, except now that's kind of moot. Um, (laughs) And, and so finding, you know, so like candidates are human beings. And so there are bundles of like, of issues and interests and, so I just feel like it's harder to Yeah. It's harder to find something pure like an issue that we can all like be on board about. Okay. Like so it's a it's- or um, family leave or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like something like family leave could reach across. That's like a pure issue. Okay. And you could reach across. Whereas, you know, a candidate is a very complicated. They may be good on some things and not good on other things. And that, and so then that's when it starts to feel like a much more individual choice where it's like, well, my priorities are this, this, and this, but someone else's priorities might be A, B, and C. And so this candidate is best for me because they have the right package or their, you know, their priorities most closely match with my priorities. But this, for this other person, even though we might have, you know, one and C might be the same because the priorities are different. It's you know, especially in the in the primaries, I feel like where there are so many choices. Right. I mean, not so much for the Democrats at the moment. We have two choices. <laughs> um, do we? Do we have three? Did someone else declare? Oh, I don't know. I. There's like 19 Republicans <laughs> and two Democrats. Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm I'm having a hard time like finding clarity on this on this candidate issue. Well, I mean, I hear what you're saying that you don't want to, particularly as a Quaker, you know, like you have objections about like the the war parts of a candidate's platform, no matter, pretty much no matter who they are, they're going to be trying to build drones and, you know, launch drones at people, et cetera. Yeah, and so I have to decide, like, which part of me I need to most, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so I can see how you would be like, look, it's hard enough for you to vote for a candidate, given all the, you know, war machine stuff they bring into the equation, so it's got to be extra hard to, like, ask someone else to, or suggest that somebody else do that same thing. Right, um, my attitude about it is a bit more like setting aside, like we're loosely affiliated with the not-for-profit and it's illegal for us to endorse a specific candidate. Putting right. that aside for a moment, <laughs> I appreciate what you're saying that like, we don't want to be so directive, you know, like, cause we kind of touched on this last time we were talking about like telling people you can't wear high heels or you have to do this or you can't do that, you know, like that's not the fourth wave. Um, But at the same time, I feel like 
being willing to step forward and say, we think this is a good idea because of this. We think it'll be good for everybody because of that. And then like standing behind that position, you know, is okay. Like, I think that's okay. And I think that when the, the, that position is like voting for this person will be good in these following ways. I feel like we should step up and say that. And I know that there's like a culture of like, yeah, like you don't want to like advocate that specifically. And I understand. And I also feel like, you know, we talk about trusting our listeners or whoever, you know, that they're not going to listen to, you know, like that they'll like make up their own minds. Yeah. So I think we can like make a strong case and be like, if you don't, if we, if we have not convinced you, by all means, go your own way. But like, if we have convinced you, then let's do that collective action thing, you know? Like, I just, it doesn't strike me as such a bad outcome that we would think about it ourselves, decide what would be best for feminism. Because like, to me, the whole like Hillary versus Bernie thing is like, deciding what's best for feminism versus what's best for everybody and then saying do we want to prioritize feminism over everything else you know is gender equality more important than everything else or at least like in this sort of window of opportunity is it more productive right to take this leap forward now while we can um or how far do we think we'll be leaping forward with Bernie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking, I I was just thinking about, um, you know, this window of opportunity idea and how, how small is the window? Like how, how long do we think we'll have to wait for another chance? Like, is Elizabeth Warren going to come, you know? Yeah heed the call that many have been making. Yeah. Um, what, what is, what's, what's the thing that's going to make this window be why not a once in a lifetime. (laughs) Yeah. Window. Um, and I do think there's something to be said for kind of like being the one to crack the, the glass ceiling. Do you know what I mean? Like once it's broken, it's broken. Exactly. And then everyone knows it can happen. Yeah. And so that, you know, that then to me is like, oh, so maybe there is something to be said for we need to, we need to break it so that we can, so that the window can stay open longer. I, I agree with that. Cause it seems to me that like, oh, it's going to be Hillary. Oh no, wait, no, it's going to be Barack Obama. Oh, but now it's going to be Hillary. Oh, wait, no. No, it's going to be Bernie Sanders. And now it's going to be Elizabeth Warren. Oh, wait, no, no. Now it's going to be, you know, some dude that shows up on the scene. And maybe he's better for everybody every time. You know, it's just like, (laughs) like, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, eventually the person that magically shows up on the scene and is better for everybody will be female. And like... That's the question is like, 
how long are we willing to wait? And yeah, it, it is a saying, because like I could see, you know, a Bernie supporter saying, well, maybe this is the window where we get money out of politics, you know, and we show that it can be done. And we show that someone like a principled leader can come in and refuse all this corporate influence. And that that's the, that's the victory that has to happen to inspire future Bernie Sanders no matter what their gender is, you know? Yeah. And that argument, worked, like, that carries a lot of sway for me. <laughs> yeah. I do, I have to say, though, I don't, I will, you know, I, I feel like I've been arguing that the other thing of, like, not wanting to say, you know, to be a good feminist, you, mu- mu- feminist, you must vote for Hillary. I do want to ar- argue kind of the the other end of things and say, I don't think there's anything wrong with, using that as your criteria. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think in order to be a good, you know, I wouldn't say the opposite. I wouldn't say in order to be a good feminist, you must vote for the best candidate for women who I've determined is this. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, if someone said, you know, I feel like as a feminist, I'm, I must vote for Hillary Clinton, I wouldn't be like, well, you're a bad feminist. Then. Oh, interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that is interesting. Guys, I would I I would not have a problem with someone saying that they were intending to do that. Because I think that's also it's also like part of that personal choice because I think there is something about you know, like that the opportunity to vote for a female of like walking into the voting booth in the way that and again, it's the same like thing as like the opportunity that people had for Barack Obama, that it was so exciting and important to have the opportunity to walk into a voting booth and like punch the hole in Chicago or press the button other places for a black president. Um, And I think that can be like a powerful and a moving thing. And I wouldn't want to like try to take that away from someone and say like, well, you should really... I mean, I do always think that people should research the candidates and yeah. vote for the one who makes the most sense. But I can't say, like, I was just thinking about it, and I was like, I can't say that, like, when I step into that voting booth, you know, if I, you know, if I were to vote in a primary, assuming I would vote in a primary and I would have the option between voting for Hillary and Bernie Sanders, I can't say that, like, with all, whatever intentions I had walking in, like, that moment be of, like, punching the hole or whatever we do in New Mexico for a female candidate wouldn't like come over me in that moment and just be like, no, but that's what I want to do right now. I want to vote for a woman. Yeah. And like, I could see, I could totally understand someone like hearing that story and then being like, just rolling their eyes and being (laughs) like, this is why like feminism is such a problem, (laughs) you know? Cause like the premise of the election is we're all out there, you know, it's like, theoretically, we're all out there being knowledgeable or whatever, or knowledgeable to the degree that we are, and voting for who we think will be best for the country, you know, or who represents us. I guess it's like we all go in with these different things on our shoulders, you know, because like, I'm very strategic with my voting. I vote like, you know, like, I, I, I'm very conscientious. Like, for instance, in the primary, I was living in Chicago, and I was like, oh, 
Well, I'm pretty excited about this Barack Obama fellow. Um, however, I know Chicago will successfully yeah. vote for him. So I instead will take this chance to register as a Republican and vote for Ron Paul. And <laughs> it wasn't because I thought, oh, Ron Paul's going to win then. It's because I wanted them, like I wanted the Republican Party who like looks at the votes and says, like, how did these candidates do? Because they ran them for a certain reason to see that there is some like that that seed was finding some purchase, you know. So it was right. like very strategic that I was like, I would like to be counted this way instead of that way. But that I, I felt like I was way out of bounds for sticking to the theory of the election, which is that I'm supposed to go in and vote my conscience of who I think represents me the best or something, or who I think would do the best job or whatever. Like, I was, like, not thinking any of that stuff, you know? Yeah. But I could see someone shaking, like, wagging their finger at me, and I could see someone wagging their finger at you, like, no, it's not a popularity contest. You're not supposed to vote for people based on skin color or race or whatever, like your gender, you know, like your job as a voter is to blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't really like, that carries no water with me. Like, I don't know what you, like how much you would think that person, like who's sort of berating you, how much you would be like, you know what? You're right. I should stick to the plan here. (laughs) Well, I feel like that's part of why, you know, the it's a secret ballot. Like, we can do whatever we want. So someone berating me for my choice, I would not respond well to, even if part of me agreed with what they were berating me about. It's like, who are you in charge of? You. Who am I in charge of? Me. <laughs> <laughs> what if they were, like, you know, lovingly sharing their <laughs> thoughts on the matter, you know? And oh, like, then, then yes, I would, I, w- I would listen. But I mean, and, like, are you open to that perspective? Because I'm kind of not. Like, I just kind of don't. I don't know. Like, I want to be. I wish I were. I wish I were more like everyone should do this. Oh, I'm grumpy about it, you know. But it's like <laughs> I'm not even. I don't. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, I mean, I I think that there is, um, yeah, I I just, you know, as as human beings, we are not, we're not logical robots. Right, yeah. I mean, some people, for some people, logic is, like, their operating system. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that is what guides them. For some people, it's, like, gut feeling. For, you know, it's just, like, we all have the different engines that are driving us or a different operating system that's kind of like ordering our priorities yeah. and, and telling us, you know, what to do accordingly. And so I feel like I, I want to be logical. And I think the, like the rational choice is to look at the candidates and see who in the long run is going to be is going to like make those choices who is going to do the things that are who's going to appoint the supreme court justices who's going to you know like all of those things um but i i also just knowing myself and this is not may not be true of anyone else i i know that there could very easily be like that 
that crucial moment at the end where it's just like, but my hand won't punch anything else but the woman. My hand will only punch. <laughs> and I'm thinking of the punch guard, not that I would punch a person. But right, you know. yeah, yeah. I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and that's part of why, like, the idea of telling anyone else what to do just feels, you know, silly in addition to being not the fourth wave. Like it wouldn't work, do you mean? Yeah. Oh, see, I would say that, like, as much as I totally, you know, I totally agree with you about we all have these different sort of operating systems that generate how we process information and prioritize it and stuff. And, like, set our, our values, you know? Like, that's really, I mean, that's what I'm, the main central question here is, like, what do we value more? Like, do we value everyone does their own thing and nobody tells them what to do? Or do we value, like, everyone should work together to advance feminism because feminism is priority one? Or do we value feminism is not priority one? All these other priorities matter just as much. So everybody... Let's all work together to vote for the person who's best for everybody or just everybody. Like we are not steering anybody in any direction because I do think that people are swayable. Like I think that, you know, a lot of the things that go through our heads when we go into the booth have been, you know, there's like teams of scientists out there like working off of decades of research to how to manipulate like huge populations of people into feeling like, oh, yeah, I don't, you know, I've just always thought that they're too harsh or, I don't know, some of the things I've heard people say about Hillary when I talk to them about this question, they're like, oh, she's just so, like, power hungry. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like any other person who is running for president? Yeah, but they meet, like, I mean, they, they're like, she's just so ambitious. She's been, like, a climber from the get-go. And I just am, like, I'm like, wow, like, they clearly got the story somewhere, you know? Because yeah. I, I don't think they could, like, pull up the, the YouTube clip of the speech where she's, like, you know, being all power-hungry and climbery. So it's like that that narrative got to them. And, like, maybe it's true, you know? But I also just feel like, no, you you don't have that information, you know? <laughs> like, like, if someone's like, oh, I heard Russell Crowe is a real jerk, I'd be like, yeah, but you can't say Russell, Russell Crowe is a jerk because you've never met Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> like, all you have is the hearsay. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know. I just feel like when we go into the booth, we've got all this sort of, like, you know, effort has been made to, to craft yes. our understanding of the situation. And yes. I think that, like, maybe it would be good for us, you and I, to be helping to be craft. Those crafters? Yeah. I mean, we could also, like, I mean, and we have, I think, talked about this in other ways to say, like, let's talk about ways to defend yourself from the people trying to craft your your worldview and mm-hmm. and be immune to it and let it roll on by or have no effect, you know? So being able to spot it is important, but also I feel like maybe being able to do it is important, you know? Yes. Yes, I totally agree. I just... uh, um, I think there is value and we can be crafters. I think I haven't decided what it is 
I haven't come to any conclusion about what to craft. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, that's great. So, <laughs> so then if that's the case, then do, do we want to be crafters might be the first thing. Like, do we want to nudge people or influence people toward voting for, let's say it's an issue, just to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. So we're okay influencing people to feel a certain way about an issue. Yes. Okay. So then, so then we would want to do that. Okay. And so then it's like, is that true for a candidate, you know? Right. And I think I'm not there. I would be more like, I think, again, I think I would be more open to, to presenting like, here is kind of the, the feminist wedge of information to know about all of these candidates. The ones who have voting records that we can check, this is how they voted on family leave. This is how they voted on equal pay. This is how, you know, this is what they've said about women serving in the military. This is what, you know, this, this is how they voted on the, the um, Karen Gillibrand's um, trying to stop rape in the military. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, these are, these are all of these kind of like core feminist issues. This is where everyone stands on it. So draw, draw your own conclusions. So, okay. Okay. Cause there could turn out to be more than one person who is kind of, of like the standard, you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah, and uh, that's what I was just thinking through. Is like, and so that's we, where the all the other pieces kind of come into play, right? Yeah, and we could totally do a fourth wave voter guide. Like that would be a really fun episode, you know. Um, but I was just thinking about. So let's say we do that. We're like, here's all the information about these candidates and their relationship to gender equality, and. We'll roll it out for you. We'll talk you through it. And there it is. Make your own decision, you know? So people might come away from that and they might say like, oh, great. Now I have a sense of who are the, say, the top three candidates that seem to really support the gender equality measures. It's terrific. And now they're like, that, so so they're going to like value that according to like, you know, like you said, all the other factors mm-hmm. in their mind about what matters to them. Um, so do we want to champion that the feminist sort of agenda here is like carries more weight or we would want it to carry more weight in their mind than other issues? Ah. So it's not just about what candidate is best for feminism. Do we want feminism to matter more to voters? Do we want it to be the thing they, they value most? Yeah, that's so hard. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't... Whoa. Here come all the funny noises again. <laughs> 
another way to like what I'm trying to ask myself is like is feminism the issue that I value most you know because I think that if it were the issue I value most then I think I could really get behind trying to get other people to value it most right um yeah, I think to me it's not the, like, I don't think I have, like, one thing that is kind of the apex. This is the top issue, and then here are the next two, and then here's the next three. Um, I feel like there's a there's a kind of an, a, a flat, there's a mesa. <laughs> you know, feminism standing shoulder to shoulder with... Um, culture of peace issues versus culture of war. And, and I mean, I think they're all, I think they all intersect. I think they all, it's, you know, they, all those little threads tug on each other and are connected in so many ways. And that's why it's, I can't imagine saying like, well, this one is the one that's the most important. And then the other things kind of are underneath. Like to me, they're all, Yeah. I feel like those would be my two big ones. Culture of peace, feminism. I I would also add, like, income equality. Yes. Um, But that's not how I would say it, because income makes it sound like money that you get from your job. But I want to say more like financial equality. Because yeah. like not just income, but yeah. No, but yeah, yeah. I, I, there, there is a name for that, and it's just escaping me at this moment. But yeah, the the we've got a serious gap. Yeah, and I mean, like for me, that's very related to the rate racial equality, and so like. Yes. But I, I honestly feel like at the end of the day, like if you achieve economic equality then you'll go a long way towards achieving gender equality and racial equality. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think it's the one that's like, I don't want to say the easiest to manipulate, um, but it feels like government has their hands on those levers more than the cultural levers. Yeah. So if you're saying like, oh, I'm going to like elect a president who will like talk everyone out of being racist, it's like, that, that plan seems less good than saying I'm going to elect a president who's going to, you know, push for legislation that creates economic equality. Right. Less disparity between the... Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like the, the government is a better tool for the job to pursue economic equality, in my opinion. Um... So, yeah, so I hear what you're saying, that, like, for you, feminism is not priority one. And well, it's, pri- it's, it's tied. It's tied for pri- It's tied with, like, you know, two, maybe three other things for priority one. It's on the priority mesa. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that makes sense. That makes sense why it's, like, hard for you to say, oh, let's champion this issue because it's not the best, you know, it's not 
the only issue. Right. If it were the only issue, I think we'd be in cleaner territory. Yeah. So, here is and a I'm, question. I'm, I'm just going to say, like, thinking about the, the whole, like, one-issue voting thing, like, I'm always a little suspicious of that. I mean, though, I have my things that I were, you know, there are certain things where, like, I can't imagine ever voting for a candidate who is not pro-choice. Right. Like, people have a way to get off the boat, but for whoever stays on the boat, then it's a, you know, like... Yeah, like then you can use like, one issue to eliminate somebody, but not one issue to to vote promote for somebody. Someone. Yes, exactly. Um, hmm. But you were saying, yeah. So I'm like when it comes to judging other people, which is what I like to think we spend at least some of our time doing, particularly <laughs> women. So I want to make sure we're having some fun and judging women. Because <laughs> um, you'll remember my joke at the beginning of this was that women hate women. Um, and so it seems like all the women I've talked to about voting for Hillary are like, she's ambitious or I'm not going to vote for her just because she's a woman. And like people seem very much like I'm not going to vote for Hillary because she's a woman. <laughs> like that's what the women keep saying that I keep talking to. And well, I'm they're like, saying they're, they're not going to vote for her just because she's a woman. Well, I feel not like saying- they're like, I'm not voting for her. And I'm like, whoa. It's just, it shocks me, I guess. I would expect women to be like, I'm not voting. I, I will be probably voting for her, but not because she's a woman, you know? And like educating me about that difference. <laughs> but right. instead, I feel like I talk to women and they're like, no, she seems power hungry and like, you know, self-serving. And she's just she's there because of her husband. And I don't want to support dynasties in America, you know? And I'm like... Oh, my head just is melting because I just feel like, wow, where's the solidarity? You know, like, yeah, that's where I start to feel like, whoa, maybe maybe we should up our solidarity here instead of it being like just women trashing on women. Well, and I do think that there is a, a lot to be said for counteracting that narrative, like counteracting the these, you know, there, this image that we have, or the ways in which we color our view of Hillary Clinton because she's a woman without realizing that that's what we're doing, you know, like seeing her as being power hungry, whereas all of the, you know, 19 Republican male candidates who are doing the same thing, running for president are not seen as being power hungry. Right. I mean, I've not even heard people accusing Donald Trump of being crying <laughs> out loud. Um, and so there's clearly there's a reason why that is a particular like button for people when it comes to her. Right. Um, so and, and I, I think that it's totally fine to point out, the, you know, the flaws in that argument to, you know, to just to point out the ways in which the kind of patriarchal narrative is being used to kind of, to undermine her. Okay. So yeah. I do think that that is happening. So I mean, I totally do. That's, that will help me when I talk to some, like when next time I, t- I find myself talking to a woman who's like, I'm not going to vote for Hillary Clinton because, and she says something that seems to be like, would you say that about any male 
candidate, I can ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> like, and maybe she'll, you know, maybe it will be based on her voting record or her work or whatever. But like, yeah. I, I mean, think there are legit reasons yeah. to not want to vote for Hillary Clinton. For sure. I don't think the fact, I don't think the idea of her being power hungry is one of them. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, I think she is a career politician, just like a lot of other candidates in the field. Yeah. Career politician. Career politician. And that is how they operate. <laughs> okay, then. Um, yeah, I think that you and I are both in the same position where we can't say that we want to push for a feminist a pro-feminism candidate above any other candidate just because we don't feel like feminism is an issue for us that rises above any other issue. Right. Or arises a bunch of it, a lot of it, other it issues. It rises but not above everything. any other issues. It doesn't rise above all other issues. Yes. Yes. So that's the problem we're running into. Mm-hmm. We're just not fanatical enough. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is our problem. I would like to be, you know, when we started this, this is why I was so excited to do this episode. Cause I was like, cause it seems like we have a feminism podcast and we believe in feminism. It's a majorly important thing to us, but it just feels like, yeah, it feels like that's what this episode was always going to do is like fizzle out to us being like, but at the end of the day, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big a deal. <laughs> which is how it feels like we can always try again in eight years or 16 years, you know, like <laughs> it doesn't have to happen today is, is kind of what like it feels like we're saying. Yeah. I mean, and I think that it kind of, yeah, because it hasn't happened, you know, it's been 200 years. Yeah. Or whatever. It, like we, I think we've just learned to be patient, Dude. and it also feels—it just feels unfair to like keep all of that. Like this is our one opportunity; I we must gonna... keep it all upon this one person. <laughs> like not fair to her, and it's not fair. You know, it's not fair to like the process. It's like no, the point is not to. Yeah, I just feel like we, we need the window to be bigger and have more people in it. Yeah, and I think that, like, a lot of what I feel like the sense that I'm getting is that it, not just from you and me, but, like, these people that I talk to, it feels like, oh, nobody feels like this is our only shot, you know, or that this is our last shot. Um, So, like, to some extent, you know, we always say, like, or at least I always hear people say, like, we don't live in a post-racial world, you know? And, like, we don't live in, like, a post-feminist world or anything. And so, like, that being said, it does feel a little, like, the urgency is reduced enough that it isn't this, like, now or never sort of proposition. Yeah. And, well, and I think that we also, you know, having an understanding of the, the limitations of the power of the president. Right. To make so beyond the aspirational symbolic um, move that it would be 
you know, like there are things that Obama has wanted to do, President Obama has wanted to do that he has not been able to do. Yeah, like most things. <laughs> it's just like keeping all of that like expectation and hope on that one person who's not, even if they, even if that person wins is not necessarily going to be in a position to accomplish all of our hopes and dreams in four years or eight years. Yeah. Well, for me, it's not like whoever the first female president is like that is not, I don't care what they do in office. Like they could still be a tremendous boost to the feminist agenda and like gender equality like we'd be much closer to gender heaven even if they come into office and they do no pro gender equality things because i count on everybody else in the country to have a conversation about it and like many conversations and sustained conversations and so like it's not about what they'll do in office or what they can or can't do because of the constitution or you know their hostile senate or what have you it's because like the rest of us will make a lot of hay out of it and right. we'll all advance because of our, our desire to talk about it, I guess. So I, that's what I think is that because she's a woman that there is value in that. Um, yes. No matter what else she does. Yeah. Yes. I agree. But it's not, Priority one. It's not the only priority one. Yes. Which is why I think we do have to tell people, hey, vote your conscience, you know? It would still be fun to do, like, a fourth-wave educational voter guide, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's something I feel like I want to do for myself yeah. because clearly I am I have a lot of soul-searching to do about what what my personal choice is going to be and the way that I can think of to find clarity on that is by looking at like what people have said and what people have done. Yeah. And then, and, and go from there. Yeah. So we'll do that. So that can be what's next. We'll do the voter guide and but what we won't do is tell people to put feminism or gender equality over any other issue that they care about. Right. It's crazy. It's just crazy. <laughs> we're like the worst feminists ever. <laughs> no, I think we're I think we're great. Do you think when like women were like marching to get the vote, there was like really like solidly strong feminists sitting at home being like, but is this really priority one? You know? Like well, see, but I feel like that's different because that's such a baseline thing that it's like there's like a whole world of other things that we're never even going to get to until we get this one thing. So, that's- so I, I can picture now, you know, what you do in a world where there is slavery and women can't vote, you know, then I feel like now, now it's hard. Now I feel like slavery is job one. And once slavery is done, that, you know, now you have this whole question of like, women getting to vote uh civil rights you know like there's yeah it's it's complicated yeah and so my priority one is not someone else's priority one and i think that going around telling someone else that their first priority is wrong well we wouldn't do it like that you know yeah we'd be smooth about it (laughs) 
Because, like, something you said for, like, early on, early days of the fourth wave, you were like, um, because so many people in the world are women, like, women's issues matter a lot, you know? Like, and that's why, like, we should be prioritizing women's issues over, like, same-sex issues. Because... Did I say that? Well, that's what you were... Yeah, yeah. That's what you meant. (laughs) because you were saying like if you get equality in the hands of like half the world that's a bigger win than getting equality in the hands of you know 10 percent of the world or 15 percent of the world oh yes i do remember saying something like that but when you say it it sounds terrible (laughs) it does yeah (laughs) i was pretty shocked when you said it (laughs) i was like oh my god how uh utilitarian of you (laughs) yeah i mean when you're looking for things to prioritize yeah i mean there there is a way of looking at it that is like well if we can improve the lot of half but i think we have to do all of the things i mean we have to be working a little at least a little bit on everything do you know what i mean like telling anyone that they have to wait it's unpopular yeah, and, and I think it's unreasonable. I'm not going to tell someone else that they have to wait for their thing until I get my thing. I would say, I'm going to work on my thing, you work on your thing. See, and I would say... I'll meet you at the party afterwards. <laughs> I would say, listen, other person with another priority, one of our priorities is going to happen first, you know? Let's work together on one of our priorities, whichever one will best advantage us to get the second one done, you know? So I would be very strategic about it. I'd be like, everyone in the start row in the same direction. Because, like, you, what you just described is, like, yeah, you care about that, I care about this. Like, I don't think that's, like, allyship, you know? I mean, it, it can be. It'd be like, I care about that, too, but if I can only go to one march today, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like you, there is like resources are finite, which is not to say that I would never work on anyone else's thing because I do see, because they are all connected. And so I'm going to go to the same sex marriage rally Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go to the, you know, police, please stop beating people up rally. Yeah. And the... Edu- you know, the, <laughs> I don't know, the women everything, right? You, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but some days I'm only going to have time for one of those rallies. Yeah. And I'm going to have different choices to make on different days about which one I go to. Do you know what I mean? Like, if there's a Supreme Court decision... <laughs> that me going to a a rally is somehow going to affect, then I'll go to that one because that one's the most urgent in that moment. Or if there, you know, something has happened and it's like, we need this sign of solidarity in this moment, then I will go to that one. And there's some momentum. So that's going to be the most productive use of your time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then there are also, I mean, when you think of this whole, there are also like places where it's like it's not my place to be at that. 
Oh, sure, sure, sure. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not that's it's not my thing. Not not to like I'm not welcome there, but like that this moment is for these people to express what is happening to them. Right. Not for me with my whiteness <laughs> or my you know, heterosexuality or, you know, or my heteronormativity or my whatever to be like, yes, listen to what that person is saying. Do you know what I mean? Like, I second that. Yeah. <laughs> there are times when it's important for me to be there. There are times when it's like, no, it's important for someone, for people to have their thing. Yeah. And I agree, you know, like even in my like description of saying, oh, well, one of our issues is going to be better for both of our issues in the long run. Like we should put one of these before the other. Like, that's not exactly true, you know, because of how change happens, you know, yeah. that there's momentum about things that are not the most important thing, but people care about them. So, hell yeah, let's ride that train. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, there's windows of opportunity, blah, blah, blah. So it is very organic-y. And yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So I think that's so good. I think we okay, did. so how do we wrap? How do we how do we wrap this up? Oh, uh, well, I feel like we could just say how. <laughs> I guess we could summarize it all. How is the world now? People go and vote their conscience. How do we want it to be? We want people to go and vote their conscience, right? How do we get there? We're already there. It was just a matter <laughs> of telling ourselves. Well, and, and we I don't think, need to well, rise to the occasion. <laughs> yeah, everything under think control. Continuing to <laughs> educate, and so that people have, you know, do whatever we can do to make sure that people have all the tools that they need in order to truly vote their conscious conscience versus, you know voting for some like slanted story oh yes yes yeah and i do think like i mean one of the more valuable parts of our discussion i think was when we were saying um is this a chance like are we staring in the face this opportunity to shatter the glass ceiling and and in which case like this vote is not just for like this candidate this time we're also like you know, widening the window for all future female candidates, you know? Um, so is that better than the other things we care about? I, I, to me, I think that's what I'd want listeners to go away with, is working on this idea of saying, like, and I think we're both going to keep grappling with it, but is the idea of, like, is there an opportunity here to champion feminism, like to, to leap five steps ahead instead of the scheduled three steps ahead. Right. And if there is, does that outweigh the other things we care about? I guess that's like what I've taken away from this conversation is trying to value how good of an opportunity is this and what, what good can come yeah. from it versus all the other things I care about. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. So um, we're. So are we going to have a call to action? I 
mean, I would say that. Like, rank the yeah, value. Figure rank out it. what's important to you. Rank it up. And we can't tell you what's important to you. And we know we have a lot of international listeners. It seems like we should say something. Well, yeah, and I, I was I was just thinking about, you know, because in, in talking about, like, the window and how small is this window and how important is it. But, like, thinking about other countries, you know, there are a number of other countries that have elected women to the top position, you know, to prime ministers or uh, presidents or, you know, whatever it is in that country. So it's not... Yeah, it's it's like one of those, you know, is is the US ready to stop being <laughs> you know, 12th in line. But I would say I feel like our in a way our call to action is like to ourselves because what we're saying is that the fourth wave will not participate in like fem- feminism at the expense of everything else, you know? Like, it's almost like yeah. we're, like, calling on ourselves to be, to have proportional fanaticism <laughs> about the, <laughs> about feminism. Like. And, but even I would say, like, if there is, like, if there is someone out there for whom feminism is the apex of the pyramid, like, again, I don't think that's a problem. Yeah, we all look up to that, that. That fanatic. I think I feel a little like, yeah, good for them. Like they made it. They made it. <laughs> the rest of us are hanging back. Like, well, I still care about income inequality. <laughs> I don't think there's a valuation. And I just think it's like we're, everyone is different and we have and our work in different ways. And for someone for whom that is like the apex issue, I feel like, great. You do that. It's like we're, I'll be on the mesa, you be on the pyramid. And that we're okay with that. The fourth wave is fine with that. Yes. It's like we're calling off the collective action. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> we think this is important, but not about feminism. <laughs> <laughs> like, if there is some more important topic, we'd really rally everyone together. <laughs> but this one simply... Not for the, yeah. I mean, that's in keeping with our attitude because it is about like, hey, we trust you, you know? Like, we think you care about feminism and we trust that you're reasonable about it. So go keep being reasonable. Yep. That's our our call to action. Keep up the reasonableness. Keep be reasonable. (laughs) Okay. I feel like you're unhappy about how this ended. What? No, I'm not. Oh, Okay. I just, I thought I was sensing that you're like, whatever. (laughs) No. No, not at all. I think I'm still, I'm I'm, I'm thinking about my own thing. You know, like a lot of other things, like the uh, other episodes that we've done, I felt really strongly and I've been like, this is the thing and this is what I know is true for myself. Wear wear high heels if you feel like it. Yeah. There should be wonder sport. <laughs> um, you know, watch the pornography that makes sense for you, but don't hurt anybody unless you're consenting adults. <laughs> um, 
So, so this one just feels a little bit more like, well, who am I going to vote for? What do I think is most important? What would be my, you know, what is my Mesa made up of? Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. What I was sensing is disappointment is actually introspection. Yes. <laughs> All right. I should probably feel that same way. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can feel however you want to feel. I would like to feel introspective. Okay. <laughs> Go All right. It. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with it through the long, long gaps. Thank you.